Good morning, Mission View Church. If you don't know, good morning. Thank you for the response. I appreciate that. Uh, if you don't know, my name is Pastor Joe Novak. I'm your discipleship pastor, and it's a pleasure to serve here, here with you this morning. Um, if you hadn't, haven't already heard, uh, Pastor Matt currently is in quarantine. His wife, unfortunately, has, has gotten the COVID thing. Um, she's okay. Uh, the whole family is okay. I texted them, Matt, this morning to see how they were doing. And he, he just wanted me to thank you guys on his behalf for all the prayers and the meals that you all have been bringing them. Uh, he's so beyond thankful for all that prayer and support. Now, I remember a conversation I had with Pastor Matt probably about three months ago or so. If you don't know, I've only been here for about nine months at Mission View Church but about three months ago, I had a conversation with him, and I said, um, you know, Matt, I don't, I don't know, something, sometimes in ministry, you can tell the way when you minister to people, you can tell what you're feeling by the reactions, uh, you know, and so sometimes the people and the, th the responses you get back from people often tell more about you, at least for me, uh, than I can even tell often of myself. Um, I'm someone who doesn't do the best with knowing what I'm feeling and knowing what my emotions are. Um, so I remember in that conversation just sharing this with Pastor Matt. I said, I don't know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to minister, I'm trying to, to love the people of Mission View, and I just felt like there was a slight disconnect between my head and my feelings and emotions for Mission View Church and my role here uh, with my, the different than my heart, right? So there was a disconnect, and I was feeling that, and I think it was coming out uh, kind of the way I was ministering and, and different people's reactions. Um, and I remember, I remember at that time uh, sharing this. I said, I said, Matt, I think I just, I need to learn how to be thankful for my role. I need to learn how to love the people of Mission View Church, and I need to learn how to, how to be thankful for them. And I started to realize that oftentimes we do this everywhere in our lives. We want to be thankful for somebody. We want to be thankful for something. And we know that in our heads, yeah, we're, we're thankful for that one thing. Uh, but in our hearts, it's just not quite there yet. I came up with some examples this week. You see, we're often thankful, for any of us that are in college, we're thankful for college classes but then when we are studying and the pain of work comes in, we don't really truly feel thankful in those moments. We're often thankful for our jobs. And until we have to go do that difficult conversation with someone we work with, then we're not so thankful about having this job anymore. We're often thankful for our babies, for our children. But then when that one child is waking up seven or eight times in the, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden you start realizing, wow, I'm not so thankful for this child anymore. We are thankful for our teenagers, but then our teenagers start applying to colleges. We start trying to figure out where is all this money going to come from to pay for college, right? Everyone's looking at their bank accounts thinking, wow, we're not very thankful for our teenagers right now because they're so expensive. We're often thankful for our spouses but then you have that same old argument that seems to come up on like a monthly basis, month after month after month, and you're like, man, I'm just not so thankful for you right now because we keep having the same conversation. I can go on and on about things that we are thankful for in our heads and we're supposed to be thankful for, 
but in our hearts, we're just not there. The title of my message today is Where Thankfulness Begins. And we're going to dive into Philippians chapter 1. We're taking a break from the Corinthians series. Uh, This was planned and scheduled uh, even before Pastor Matt not being here. Uh, But this was the plan all along. So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to flip with me to Philippians chapter 1. And this morning we're going to be learning about how thankfulness is actually a discipline. And this is something, I'm not great at this. I'm already learning and realizing this is not something I'm great at. So this sermon is just as much for me as it is for you guys. And thankfulness is a discipline. And what we're going to learn from Philippians chapter 1 is that thankfulness begins when you thank God, when you suffer alongside, and when you communicate feelings for one another. So before we read it, uh, let's pray. Lord God, we are so thankful for your word. We love you, and we're excited to dive into what you have for us this morning. Lord, as we read Philippians, um, may you just touch our hearts. May you just uh, help us put everything aside that we've brought in here this morning, and then we can just stay focused and centered on you that all our concerns, our worries, our fears can stay at the doors. And right now, this morning, in this very moment, we can open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us through your word. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. I'm going to start reading in chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, Always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. I cannot help but notice immediately Paul's tone in this passage. Paul's tone is that he's absolutely affectionate and he adores the Philippian church. He loves them. You can see in verse 3, he says, Paul remembers them. He prays for them with joy in verse 4. In verse 5, he's been in partnership with them since the very beginning. He's in a partnership with them. Verse 6, he's assured that they know Jesus. Verse 7, he holds them in his heart, even while he's in prison. Verse 8, he yearns to be with them. You see, Paul, we can tell, is extremely thankful for the church in Philippi. But the big question here is why? How did Paul become so thankful for the church in Philippi? Let's dive in and see. Thankfulness begins when you thank God for one another. In verse 3, immediately, something stands out to me. He says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you. 
He doesn't thank the Philippian church. He's not like, thank you that I knew you. Thank you that I have memories of you. No, he thanks God for his memories of the Philippian church. That's a major difference. So many times we, we thank our wives for our wives, and I'm not saying don't do that. Yes, we should do that. We thank our children for our children. We thank college for college. He takes it a step further. He thanks God for the Philippian church. That's a big deal because he's training himself, right? We, we talked about how thankfulness is a discipline. When you look to God and be thankful to God for the blessings in your life, Thankfulness moves from your head to your heart. Verse 4, Paul goes on to express that he, he is always thankful in his prayers for them. This type of thankfulness is being expressed so strongly that it is leading to the joy in his heart. Paul gives two reasons that he is thankful for the Philippian church. The first one comes from verse 5, and it's because he's thankful for their loyal witness to the gospel. He knows how important it is to share the gospel in the city of Philippi. You see, when Paul and Timothy first uh, arrived in Philippi, you can read about this story in Acts chapter 16. When they first arrived, Philippi was kind of a pagan city, a Roman city, full of Gentiles. There's not many Jews there. Uh, and when they arrived, it, it was a Sabbath day, and they went to go pray. They heard that there was this place that uh, oftentimes people would go pray at. And while they were there, they're praying, and immediately a woman was there with them, uh, started asking questions, who are you praying to, right? And they started sharing about who the Messiah is, Jesus Christ, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. That was the first week that they were there. And so we saw this kind of evangelism, this movement uh, happening, and eventually this church the Philippian church, was planted. Right? And so he is so thankful for the reason that this church, even after he left, continued this work of evangelism. The second reason Paul is thankful to the church in Philippi is because he is absolutely sure that their process of sanctification will come to completion on the day of the Lord. He knows they are Christians. He is so sure of their faith. And he is so excited to see them conclude their faith when Jesus returns. See, Paul has reasons. He has reasons to be thankful for the Philippian church. And he goes on. We often, right, we thank people when we're thankful. We say, thank you so much for fill in the blank. We have to remember that first and foremost, if we want to truly feel thankful, we have to thank God for those people in our lives. I'm not saying we don't thank people for what they've done for us. I'm not saying we don't thank uh, the blessings. We have to thank God. And that's when we see a heart change begin to happen. So thankfulness begins when you thank God for one another. And I have to say also that uh, this is a slight paradox. It, it, it doesn't always make sense to think, uh, oh, I have to thank 
God for my wife. I have to thank God for my friends. I have to thank God for my church. It's not normal. It's not my first reaction. My first reaction is to thank, you know, Jennifer, my wife, for what she's done in my life or whatever it is. It is not my first reaction. But I have to remember, if I want to truly feel this thankfulness towards my wife, I have to thank God. And I know I keep repeating that, but it's so important. That's why I'm repeating it. So I want to read verse 7 for you here. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and then in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. He mentions imprisonment. You see, thankfulness begins when you suffer alongside another. Paul claims that there is something right about how he feels for the Philippians. Paul supports his claim in two ways. First, he says that Paul holds, Paul holds this feeling in his heart. I think it's really important that we take a pause and time out here and, and realize how big of a statement that is. Today, we often think about the heart as something that is a muscle, pumps blood in our veins. Or we often think about the heart, uh, oh my gosh, you really made that decision or you really said that from the heart, meaning the center of all your feelings. Well, biblically, we can learn a little bit about what the heart is from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, 23. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. You see, biblically, the heart means more than just a muscle that pumps blood. The heart means more than just your emotions and your feelings. It's your emotions and your feelings. It's your thoughts. It's your everything within you that comes together to make a decision. All of it, biblically, is the heart. The common biblical word is used to describe the center of thought and feeling for an individual. So when Paul says... He holds this feeling in his heart. He's talking about his whole body. He's talking about everything within him, that he feels this way within him, right? And bringing up thankfulness again. It's obvious that he's not just thankful for the Philippians in his head. He's thankful for the Philippians with his entire body, his whole heart. The second reason that he feels this way about the Philippians. He says they are partakers with Paul in grace. Partakers with Paul in grace. And he talks about imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. It's important to note here, what is he talking about? We have to ask that question. What is he talking about? Because there's a whole background to the story. I've mentioned to you Acts 16 already, and if you're curious, I would encourage you tonight, go, go home and read it, maybe with your family. But I want, I want to give you a short summary of what happens in Acts chapter 16 real quick. I've already told you, Paul and Timothy show up in this Roman city expecting and ready to share the gospel, right? Then immediately they go to pray on the Sabbath day, and a woman accepts Christ. 
Well, they're walking throughout the city, sharing the gospel. You know, they kind of do that heralding thing where if you have something to say to a city, you stand on the corner of the city and you just began, begin proclaiming the word, right? There's no media, there's no TVs, there's no way to get your word or your message out unless you just stand on a street corner and start saying it. So that's what they did, right? So they're sharing the gospel like a herald would, delivering a message. And as they're doing this, uh, there's this woman uh, who is actually a slave girl who has a spirit of divination within her who is kind of like shouting out about them, saying like, they have a message, they are bringing God. And like, I don't know, it's just the way she was shouting, I guess, annoyed Paul. That's, it literally says that in the text. You can go read it. Paul literally said, uh, it said that Paul was annoyed, right? And so the slave girl was doing the, using her spirit of divination actually to make money for her masters. And so Paul, being annoyed that she's kind of like ruining their message a little bit, I'm assuming that's what it is, it doesn't really say, but kind of just sharing about their message before they're ready to share it. He casts this spirit out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, this was a bold move because the masters noticed. The masters of the slave woman noticed that they didn't have any way to make money from the slave woman anymore. So what happens? Well, the masters find out who Paul and Timothy are. They grab them. They arrest them. They put them in the center in the public square, and they begin to beat them. And when I say beat them, like it, this is like a horrific beating. Like they were whipping them. They tore off their clothes. They begin to beat them in public. The magistrates who are in charge of the town take them. They see this going on. They take them, and they take them to prison, and they put them in prison. This is intense persecution. The story kind of goes on, um, and some cool things happen in prison, but uh, you can go and read that for yourself in chapter 16. But when Paul shares about how he's imprisoned, and he has this feeling of thankfulness towards the Philippian church, I personally have no idea how he got there. Like, Oh my gosh, if, if you told me, you know, I had to come to North Canton and I was going to start sharing the gospel to people around me or in this church or whatnot or teaching the word of God and I was going to be put in the public square on Main Street and beaten, I don't know if I could say I was thankful for going to North Canton. I, I personally have no idea if I could say that. I know in my head that I'm supposed to. I know in my head that I should. But it is hard for me to just snap my fingers and get there because, man, my emotions and my heart are way slower than my head. And there's so many times when something is not going correctly, when I'm frustrated with the situation I'm in, that I just have the tendency to sulk, to not be thankful for it. And the last thing I want to do is be thankful for the suffering that God has put me through in my life. You see, Paul did that. Paul was thankful for the suffering that he did with the Philippians. He was thankful. So that's our point number two, your second fill-in in your notes. It's thankfulness begins when you suffer alongside another. 
And remember, this is a discipline. I didn't say that this was going to be easy. This is a discipline. Let's read verse 8. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Thirdly, thankfulness begins when we communicate feelings for one another. Paul concludes his emotional explanation about the Philippians and his thankfulness for them by saying how affectionately in love he is with them. He yearns for them. The affection of Christ Jesus is in his heart for them. I remember when I was in college, I was uh, probably, maybe not the worst, but I was not a very good son. You see, my parents were extremely good at preparing me for adulthood. And I just remember... uh, I left the house at 18, and my parents were lucky if I called them once a month. I was just not a good son. I didn't, I didn't tell them how much I appreciated everything they did for me in my life. I didn't tell them that I loved them very often. They were lucky if they heard from me at all. I was not a good son. You see, I think if someone asked me, hey, are you thankful for what your parents have done in your life? I would say, of course. Yes, I'm thankful. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm in college. I, I know how to make a meal. I, I know how to take care of my room. Yeah, of course I'm thankful. I know how to, you know, budget. I know how to make money, whatever it was. However, while I was in college, I completely forgot to communicate that I cared about my parents. I forgot. I didn't tell them that. It wasn't on my mind. Thankfulness begins when we communicate feelings for one another. That's what Paul was doing. So I have the platform this morning, and I want to take a moment to let you know Mission View Church. Over the last nine months, uh, we've kind of been through it together. I showed up three weeks before a shutdown and this crazy pandemic. We've been suffering through this, and it's been difficult, and it's been hard. I've been trying to make relationships with you guys, but it's it's not easy. But I want to let you know, even though I don't know all of you yet, um, I want to, and that I love you. I am thankful that I get to be here with Mission View Church serving as your discipleship pastor. Yeah, we've suffered, but I'm thankful. And I think it's my job to tell you that. Right, so this is a discipline. And I've been uh, really impressed by the Mission View women's ministry recently. This whole month of November, uh, they've been sharing videos about things they're thankful for. I'll tell you, even my wife, I feel like she is so much better at being thankful uh, for the blessings in her life than I am. I know I should be, but man, my emotions are so far behind. 
And so for me, like I told you, this is an intense discipline for me. I'm not preaching from a place that I'm good at this. I'm preaching from a place that I'm not good at this. And I need this discipline in my life to grow in my thankfulness for Mission View Church, for my family, for all the blessings that God has given me. But I want to share that the main point of all of this that I'm talking about is not just so that we ourselves can become more thankful. I think that is something Paul is teaching here, absolutely. But the main point of this message is how we can be genuinely more thankful for God himself. I know for me, sometimes uh, coming here on a Sunday feels like I, well, I need to go. It's good for me. Oh, we should go. It's good for me. And we know in our heads we're supposed to be here worshiping God, but our hearts and our emotions, we are so far behind. It happens to me every once in a while. I'm sure it happens to you. You see, Jesus did these same three things. Jesus thanked God, his Father, for us. Jesus suffered on the cross for the sacrifice of our sins. And when he did that, he was thankful. He was so excited for the opportunity to love us enough to save us. And thirdly, Jesus also communicates to us through God's word. And what does he communicate? He tells us what he feels about us. He tells us how much he loves us. He communicates through, through his word. Jesus is so incredibly thankful for you this morning. And the good news of Jesus Christ is that he died on the cross. He resurrected from the dead to defeat death. And today he's still alive, sitting at the right hand of the Father, thankful for you. Thankfulness begins when you thank God, when you suffer alongside and you communicate your feelings with one another. Let's pray. Lord God, help us. We are in desperate need of thankfulness in our lives. We want to thank you, God, for your word, for your son Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for our sins. Atonement, satisfying your wrath over our sins. We thank you for that. We thank you for the hope of the resurrection that it is to come, freeing us from sin, sinning in a way where we don't realize the blessings that we have. Help us, Lord, to be disciplined and be thankful in times when we know we should and we're just not. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.